Hello, Joe. Hello, Mike. Hello, Robert. Hello, Mike. It's the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach. October 25th and Ruby Conference 2006 has just wrapped up. I get to speak with Greg Edwards, who runs a user interface research lab. You'll hear that in a few minutes. I also talked with Matt's. It's being translated right now, and you'll f- hear that in a few weeks. If you haven't already, check out peepcode.com. I've put up a new screencast about RESTful application design. It's available for 9 bucks. Got quite a lot of good reviews already. If you're looking to learn about the new features of the upcoming Rails 1.2, you want to check that out. So it's the Ruby on Rails podcast here at Ruby Conference in Denver, talking to Greg Edwards of iTools. How's it going? Doing all right. So, intense conference, three days. I felt like I could have left after the first day, and <laughs> my mind was full of information, plenty to chew on for a while. Yeah, it was really great. So, what kind of, what were one or two lectures you heard that you appreciated? Uh, ironically, the thing that first comes to mind is actually all the people. Being able to just grab and start talking with somebody and learn so much from the people. It's funny, I'm just, uh, if I thought about it, I'm sure I'd start coming up with some of the, the presentations, but the first thing is the people and being able to meet people and learn new things from them directly. That is awesome. And a lot of opportunities to socialize and just hang out in this uh, big atrium <laughs> waterfall in the yep. back. Feel like we're out in the nature or something. Well, what does your company do? So iTools, uh, which is E-Y-E tools, so basically we do eye tracking analysis. So providing feedback to pretty much anybody who communicates via the web. So that means websites, uh, emails, any type of presentation that you're trying to communicate a value to somebody. And you'd like to enable them to more effectively understand what you do. And this isn't just where people move their mouse. You're actually using hardware that looks at their faces and their eyes and where, where that's happening. Yeah, we look at what's happening by measuring their eye movement of what's occurring before somebody decides to click into your site or to leave your site. And you were mentioned briefly that there's the eye moves really fast. What you uh, half a second or a quarter of a second or something is the longest time that we actually look at one particular point. Uh, typically shorter. So about ninety percent of your eye movements all day long will be shorter than four tenths of a second. Wow. So uh, there's a lot of information in that. And the neat thing is, unlike a mouse, where you can put down the mouse and then decide to pick it up and click, your eye is continuously gaining information about the world. And the neat thing is that you can understand better how people are processing websites or whatever and use that to improve the communication because you can see what they're actually reading, what they're deciding not to read. And then you can understand by looking at it yourself kind of the experience that they're having. And so it makes it easier to fix and improve uh, communication. <coughs> That's intense. And, you know, this seems very expensive. I'm sure it is, but it sounds like you're doing some things to make it more affordable to startups or yeah. even smaller companies where they can benefit from this. Yeah, we used to charge twenty to $30,000 for a study. And now... You have to be a company that's actually generating revenue from the web or that your website or email is having a pivotal impact on that. But for pretty much almost anybody who's making money from the web, 
um, can afford it. Not cheap, but can afford it. And yep. so it's typically like $3,000 for like a homepage. Or if you want to do an A-B comparison between a couple different designs, uh, $5,000 ballpark. And the value to get from that is something you can't really recreate just in software or yeah, in there's, another... There's no other way to actually get at this. And you know everybody else is already able to track clicks. But again, so you have a 1% click-through rate or a 3% click-through rate. Is that because 80% of people are reading and getting the value that you're trying to express and out of them only 2 to 3% are deciding to click? Or is there a phrase that there's a 40% drop-off between the third and the fourth word and your value propositions after that causing it to only be 10% of people actually getting your message out of which about a third of them are actually deciding to click? So do you have some simple design problem or some wording problem that's blocking a tripling in your revenue? Or... Do you need to change your offer? Which one? The easy. Sometimes it makes feel like it's just shooting in the dark, trying to change this, change that. People don't even know maybe if that's the, really the thing that's causing or would it be yeah. any improvement. Wow. Well, how are you using Ruby with that? I'm sure there are a whole variety of tools that you have to use. To- yeah, we've got a pretty extensive system, and it initially was all, actually, and a lot of it still is in Java. Okay. And about a year ago, discovered uh, Rails actually initially, and spent about two weeks saying, well, gosh, it's not going to really work. And just kind of knocking off each thing and saying, gosh, it could do that, it could do this, it could do that. And so um, basically it's enabled us to move about 10 times faster in terms of development and new developments. So we're still predominantly a Java-based backend. But all of the new initiatives, all of the new things to make it easier for people to make use of it, to get better access to their data, to better understand it, uh, to generate better reports, all of it is uh, Ruby and Rails. And then um, using Ruby more and more on the backside to glue together different uh, processes and make things more efficient. I was excited to see a few demos with Charles Nutter of the JRuby project. That looks pretty uh, a lot of work is being done, and they're uh, making some good progress. Do you think that's? Did you see any of that? Is that going to make any influence and be able to glue Java and, and Ruby together, or are you going to try to do things more purely with Ruby? It's kind of interesting. Uh, it's interesting what they're doing. For us, I see that it's not needed in the sense that you can just have uh, Java things doing its own thing and okay. basically just using Ruby as a communication back and forth, and so you're just wrapping your core elements with a more effective UI, more effective uh, interaction method. And so, don't really, for us, see the need for the JRuby because you just separate that with a protocol between them and you're done. There you go. Simpler. Good stuff. Well, thanks. Pleasure. Fascinating conversation. And uh, where can people find you on the web? Well, uh, itools.com, and that's E-Y-E. T-O-O-L-S.com. Everybody right. thinks it's the Macintosh tools, which yep. is not. And then um, a lot of interesting heat maps and visualizations of a lot of different websites is up on blog.itools.net. So not okay. .com, but itools.net. And um, blog.itools.net was a place for us to just share interesting tidbits that for the last you know, six years have been pretty much just client privilege. We can never talk about stuff. So we started doing some of our own stuff, putting out there on the web, so people can really see the interesting aspects of it. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot. Pleasure. And as a little bonus, check the 
podcast.rubyonrails.org website. I've written a new application there, which is also open source for publishing the podcast. I'm going to link to the Matt's keynote video and also a little sketch by Adam Keyes. It's quite humorous and creative. You hear a little bit of it right now, but for the full thing, go see the video linked to from podcast.rubyonrails.org. Number one, what is it that interrupts me from my blissful Ruby hacking? We've received a stress call from a Pythonista ship. We can intercept it in just five minutes. Excellent. Perhaps billing out those smoke snake levels will strengthen our white space agreeing to disagree core. Mr. Crusher, set an intercept course and engage. Mongrel fact denied. But sir, Zed says we don't need nine mongrels. Never mind, you twin. You are widely disliked by the...